Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Barty Jackdish and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for Why It Matters. And it matters because we're talking about money, funding. It's so important to SMEs. Yes, indeed. You want to keep the business going. You've got to have that positive cash flow. But according to a new report from cloud banking platform Mambu, more than four in five or 86% of SMEs in Singapore have been unable to secure sufficient or any funding on at least one or more occasions over the last five years. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, we know SMEs have such a huge role in Singapore's economy. So then why are the business loan applications so complex? Mm, I'm pretty sure that financial institutions could do a lot of things easily in order to make the process much simpler. And why aren't they doing it? Well, Miles Bertrand can tell us more. He's Managing Director APEC at Mambu. Good morning, Miles. Morning, team. Great to talk to you. So, Mambu is a startup that describes itself as a SaaS banking platform, providing, of course, by way of APIs, tech to banks and others to power lending, deposits and other banking products. So, it's quite natural that you would look into an issue like this. But tell us why now more than ever, such a study has become so important. I think what we're seeing is that um, there's been a lot of successful organisations that have come into sort of the financial services market and they're starting to service the sector, particularly the consumer. But what we noticed is we haven't seen that tech revolution start to move over into the S&E sector. So we were really interested to really see how important that was, particularly to the Singapore economy. And as you mentioned before, some of the stats are quite impressive, like 70% of the Singaporean workforce are employed by SMEs. So if we look into that and sort of say we've helped banks be more successful in the in the direct-to-consumer space, how do we help work with um, existing banks and new players to also provide that same sort of penetration and better experience in the SME space as well, which really drove us to sort of really deep dive and, and try and get some access to some data and get the supporting information to drive what could happen in the space. We're, of course, talking about the Small Business Big Growth Report. Miles, any chance you could tell us the methodology of this report? Who was surveyed? So basically, we went out to a 1,000 SMEs globally, and particularly to the owners. And we actually really then also targeted a, a large percentage of the Singapore population as well. And it was really just sort of drive why did they feel that they were unable or really struggling to access the financing. And really, the things that we found really surprising was the percentage that 43% experienced cash flow issues. It also meant 43% of them were really unable to hire effectively. Mm -hmm. And 39% of them were able to um, get a loan to actually upgrade their own equipment and their own technology, which we thought was really, really quite big numbers considering how it's the lifeblood of so many economies around the world. Okay, so what were the main reasons in the Singapore context? I mean, I've also heard a lot of SMEs say, well, we can get government grants, but that is a process in itself. And I know that government agencies have been looking into streamlining those processes. What are the specific obstacles when it comes to private institutions and other entities lending to SMEs? I think it's... a lot of it comes down to the process and the amount of work that's required for them to apply for this. Like it's, 
if you look at the sort of the traditional way that banks like you to apply for money or apply for loans, it's very manual, it's very paper intensive, but also they, they tend to have quite high rejection rates as well, which we found was really interesting. And if we look at some of the stats we've seen globally, that when um, banks start providing a more digital technology experience, they've actually seen their bad debt drop because they've removed the human human error, the human error factor. They've allowed um, digitization and the computers to actually take over, streamline the process, make it a better customer experience. But also they're actually removing some of the mistakes that you see that is included typically in an incredibly manual process. So it's a double-edged sword in a good way that you're removing the manual obstacles and making it a great experience for, for the SME to apply for a loan. Mm. And actually they're starting to see better results, better management of um, and, and create a better experience overall, both for the customer and also for the bank. So, Miles, what you're saying is it's not that banks haven't digitized or digitalized, it's just that with regard to this particular sector, more can be done. Correct. That's, that's our real belief. And you're starting to see... If we look at what we've seen in the market, there's a lot of now new entrants and new players coming into the space. So organizations that traditionally have sort of sat on the periphery of the small to medium business now looking to move into financing and supporting that business as well because they believe the barriers to entry are a lot lower due to the fact that technology has become cheaper, the automation that's available and the way that they can streamline that process actually makes it a really attractive space for them to play in. You know, the financial institutions might say that to some extent, the rejection rates are justifiable. You know, we have to do due diligence, we have to do KYC and so on. How much of this would you agree with, really? I think it's, it, yes, all those factors are still super important and you have to do it. But now there is the tools and the technology out there to automate that. So I would say, and, and, and we say this a lot, that actually it's just, Banks, particularly the established banks, are just so set in their ways that the thought that they may actually do something different Mm. is probably a little bit scarier than actually the fact that they're going to rely on technology to potentially solve a problem that's really been done by the human factor previously. Mm. Is it possible it's beyond just the thought of doing something different, but just the fear that the bank will end up approving all sorts of funds? I think initially, and, and, and if this was a very newly thing, probably, yeah. but I think there's been organizations that have been doing this for a very long time, and we have examples of customers in Europe that have been doing it for years, and as I said, their actual bad debt has yeah. gone down. It actually has improved. So it's it's not a new thing. It's been out there. I think it's probably just time for probably some of the Singapore banks to really sort of embrace, and I actually think banks right across Asia-Pacific to really look to how they how do they improve the experience for these SME businesses? How do you think they can be convinced to do this more quickly, considering their resistance? Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great question as well, and I think it, it's it's going to take pressure from not just techni- technology vendors like us trying to sort of promote our product. I guess we're one part of the process, but I think it's actually the industry itself. I think SMEs and the businesses that are trying to succeed, they're trying to grow. They're trying to become better organisations to support the Singapore economy. They need to start applying some pressure as well to the banks mm. and say, "Look, I want to grow my business. I want to make it successful. I want to support the Singapore economy. How about you start meeting me halfway?" 
I like the the phrase of meeting halfway. I mean, is there a bank at all that's trying to meet halfway? Any case study or any example worth sharing? So, so we've got some really good examples. I, I can't share logos, obviously, because sure, that sure. would just be from a conscious. But there are some great case studies in Europe um, mm, okay. that we've seen where, where big organizations, big big banks are doing this. And they've done it two ways. Um, typically, they've actually gone and launched a new brand in the market, specifically targeting the SME business line. Okay. So they've sort of gone into the market, given themselves a new brand and really tackling it. And we've got one example where they've done that and it's been so successful that they're now taking that process and that technology and they're retrofitting it back into the into the bigger bank to improve the whole experience overall because it's been such a successful model for them. So, you know, that really shows you the value of just stepping away from the way you've done things in the past mm. and thinking about doing it differently. So there's some great stories out there. Mm. So if we're talking about SMEs going the non-traditional way, what's your advice to them, the ones who haven't quite done so yet, and but are just thinking of experimenting with this, you know, going to the challenger banks and the fintechs instead? I think you should go there with a lot of confidence. Like uh, challenges and fintechs, still have to go through through a rigorous process with the regulator. They still have to meet all the same security requirements and, 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 and all the uh, things that are required to be playing in this space. So go there with confidence and know that you're, it's secure, it's safe, they've got good technology, they've been sort of assessed to make sure that they're, they're, they're meeting the scratch and, and, and give, have a go, dip your toe in the water and have a go. I mean, Typically, stick with the brands that are recognized, stick with those sort of challenger banks that are sort of well-reputable well, well brands. Um, obviously, as we're all aware, there's scams out there at the moment and we do need to be careful. But obviously, there are some great companies out there that are providing great service to you. And, and if you're struggling with your more traditional bank, maybe listen to someone else mm. and, and give it a go. What if it's not the bank that's traditional and don't want to change their ways, but the SME themselves? I mean, what are some yeah. common mistakes that they make when it comes to this application process? Well, I think it, it's, it's probably not mistakes. It's more it's a bit scary. Okay. Because because they, they may not have done it before. They have traditionally been very much a you know a traditional paper or a cash business mm. or you know really sort of been doing things the same way themselves. And I think that's the the important thing to think about is that the, the world is moving on. There is great technology and great experiences out there to support you. And, and, and just to think a bit differently. I mean, we always say that, you know, part, one of the key fundamentals of Mambu is we want to make banking better. That's sort of a key part of our philosophy. And I think there's a lot of organizations out there now that are trying to make banking better and make it a better experience for the end consumer, the end customer, or for, or for the SME. Um, so that's certainly something to think about. But better is subjective, right? So if we talk about SMEs that might prefer doing the traditional, using the traditional methods, the paper and pen methods, why not just advise financial institutions of any persuasion to maybe build a customized experience instead? You know, get the consultants in, talk to them about uh, getting onboarded with the tech. But in the meantime, providing a process that they are comfortable with at this point. What do you think of that approach? I think there's a bit of that going on, and we see that. 
But the challenge then for the banks is that they sort of then are running two processes. Mm. And the moment you start running two processes, you it becomes complex. It doesn't become cost effective, which is obviously a key driver for financial institutions. But also it brings inherent risk in as well. So typically what we see is when you've got a foot in each camp, you're actually opening yourselves up to some some potential risk, sort of. And I think that's where we've seen the where a separate brands being launched. They've okay. done the whole new process. They've proved it and they've made it successful. And then they've gone to sort of retrofit it back into the bank. Um, mm. Because particularly for big established banks, like, what, what we're talking about are big projects. Yeah. They're a big change because they're just not a change in technology. They're also a change in culture for the organisation. And the change management is associated with you know, even bank staff that have been doing thing a part- things a particular way for a very long time, you know, asking them to do something completely different. Still doing their job, still getting to the same outcome, but having to do it so differently. Yeah. Uh, Miles, I, I like the idea of the, the separate brands. It also provides a lot of focus. But you did say that it is a big project and, you know, that's going to take time. Um, so long term, yes, that should be done. But short term, do you have any thoughts on what a bank could do in a very short term to sort of improve this entire process? Again, it depends on the institution because there's all bearing. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe get rid of the paper. Allow people to do things online. I mean, personally, for me, I still find it very frustrating the amount of yeah. physical signatures I need to do in Singapore. Mm. Where, there's, where there's technology out there such as DocuSign and a mm. variety of online signing tools which are 100% legitimate, well-tested, well-versed, used by millions of organisations around the world. Yeah, the, the amount of physical paper that I still need to sign in Singapore, I do find quite frustrating. So I imagine it's very frustrating for the applicants out there as well. As we move forward and considering the pace of change that we're seeing in the business landscape these days, what do you think financial institutions need to prepare for in terms of servicing SMEs better? Well, I think that, that change is just going to get faster and they need to be prepared for that. And I think they need to be prepared to, I used to say sometimes it, it, it's financial services at the speed of life. And what that means to me is banks have got to stop moving away, have to start moving away from doing things at their pace because what's happening now is consumers and customers want banks to support them at their pace, how quickly they want to do things, how they want to interact with them. So it's really, and we're seeing that that shift is really starting to drive different behaviours, particularly with the challenger banks, particularly with the new entrants that they're already set up to move at that sort of speed, to do things so much faster. So I think really, you know, that that's the having that customer-centric view and being able to provide services and capability at the speed that the consumer wants is really going to start driving behaviour and going to become the catalyst going forward. All right, we've been speaking with Miles Bertrand, who is Managing Director, APAC at Mambu. Uh, Miles, really appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Thanks, guys. You too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.